This episode is sponsored by Kitty Gonzalez Yoga. I want you to straighten your shoulders, unclench your jaw, and take a deep breath in and a long breath out. Congratulations, you just did some yoga. Yoga is my absolute favorite way to move my body, which is why I am so excited to be partnering with Kitty Gonzalez to feature her classes and her coaching practice on this show. Kitty is a yoga instructor and coach who focuses on creating a supportive community by practicing kindness and curiosity through yoga. Whether you're a pro or a first timer to yoga, all are welcome in Kitty's classes. Now listen to this. Kitty's monthly membership includes one live Zoom 60 minute vinyasa class every Saturday, one new 60 and 20 minute class released every Monday, one 45 minute life coaching session, and a library of yoga classes, which you can access anytime, all for the incredible price of $18 a month. Kitty believes in self-expression through movement and creating a trusting and loving relationship with your body. I know through personal experience with Kitty's classes that she is all about celebrating everything your body can do and celebrating its movement. Growing Women listeners can sign up for Kitty's monthly membership and exclusively get 50% off your first month. Just head to www.kittygonzalez.com slash member dash areas dash one or click the link in this episode description to sign up today and get 50% off your first month using the code growing woman listen to that inner wisdom inside of you and choose yourself today now let's dive into the show everyone and welcome to Growing Woman. Season three is here, you guys, and I am so excited. It just feels so wonderful to be talking to you guys again, to be interviewing people, and just spread and joy, guys. That is what I want to do, and um, there have been so many things going on behind the scenes um, between season two and three. My son turned one. What? That's crazy. Um, I started watching Ted Lasso. Big deal. Uh, pretty great. Amazing. Love it. And um, I'm starting my own company. <laughs> so that is a huge deal. <laughs> So (laughs) I wanted to talk at the top of the show about this big announcement. So Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, they were all down yesterday and I was planning on making this huge announcement, which I will on Wednesday, um, October 6th, but I wanted to share this with all of my listeners first and foremost. And that is that I am starting my own company. So I'm really thrilled to be sharing this. And I also want to say it is a small endeavor right now. And I know that and I am so excited to see how it evolves and what it becomes. And through creating this show, 
and I might get emotional, oh no, (laughs) through creating this show, I have realized that there is so much space and so much room for women's voices and stories. And the whole purpose of Growing Woman is to amplify women's voices and stories. And in doing so, I have learned so much. I started this show because I felt really lost. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And people around me knew everything and they knew how to do everything and through this show I realized that it's just not the case (laughs) that we're all learning and we're all growing and I really really truly feel that having others share their stories share their lessons their wisdom dive deep into these you know topics around you know female allyship women's health advocating for yourself giving yourself permission to ask for what you want following your desire these conversations are resonating not just with me but with you and i'm hearing from you about that and i had an idea about a year ago um to start my own media company so that is what i'm doing so I am founding and I have founded a company um, that I am calling Amplify Her Media. It is coming from this show that I've created and these conversations I've had with women that I want to continue to have and I want to showcase women's voices and stories as much as I can in a variety of different ways. I really want women to make more money I want to make more money. I'm going to be real about that. I think that'd be great. And I want to support women. So Amplify Her Media is all about that. Uh, I am going to be working with female businesses and female creators. Um, This podcast is now under the Amplify Her Media Network. And I can't wait to have you meet other podcast hosts and other podcasters that are under the Amplify Her Media Network. I will be working on workshops with creatives and with female business owners um, that will be launching in the new year. I've already got those in the works, which is so exciting. And you're going to hear a lot more on this show about female-owned businesses. At the top of this show, you heard about Kitty Gonzalez. She is an incredible yoga teacher, and she is going to be partnering with Growing Woman uh, over the next five weeks to showcase her business. And I'm so thrilled to share that I will be partnering with three other uh, female-owned businesses to showcase their work and their products on this show. So I would highly encourage you to utilize the codes that we have and support these small female-owned businesses. It is so important to me that I do that in my work, and I'm just so excited to shine a light on them this season and so thrilled to continue to shine a light on female-owned businesses in the future. The last thing that I will be um, amplifying through this, uh, you know, this network and this media company is... um, really just hearing from past guests and um, 
having fun, bringing joy. So that is going to be through a blog and a YouTube channel. So we'll have episodes of the podcast regularly posted on YouTube, including additional content that I'll be curating with other female um, owned businesses and by myself, because I think it's really fun to put new and fun stuff out there. And uh, on Instagram, if you've been following Growing Women Pod, that name is going to be changing to Amplify Her media. I am really terrified and excited and just cannot believe I'm doing this, but it just feels really aligned. You know, I don't know if you have had this experience before, but whenever I'm working on this show, whenever I'm working on this work, I feel in flow. It feels right. I am an ideator to, you know, holler back at the episode with (laughs) Rachel about um, creativity being our superpower. I am an ideator. I love ideas, but I've started things and I haven't finished them over and over and over again. And this is the first thing that I've started and I've let myself really take my time. And it makes me feel so amazing and so great. And I want other women to find whatever makes them feel in flow and hear from others and we learn from each other. And I want you to make more money too. <laughs> like, I just, I feel that so strongly. And um, I just know that when women share their voices and their stories, beautiful things happen. And I've already seen that in my life and I cannot wait to see that continue. Um, so I hope you will join me on this journey. Um, If you would like to join my email newsletter, um, feel free to shoot me an email at christina at amplifyhermedia.com. Our website is launching this week um, and you can also go to amplifyhermedia.com on Thursday when our website is launching to sign up there to join the email newsletter. So I just wanted to share this announcement before we jump into the show and um, Yeah, I'm just so grateful for all of you for listening and joining me on this journey. It's really, really exciting. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this interview. First and foremost, I want to apologize because the audio on this interview is a shit show because I didn't realize my mic hadn't been selected on Zoom where I do most of these interviews. And so I apologize in advance. This is the beauty of um, learning to podcast as you go along by yourself. (laughs) And um, I promise from now on, I will check my mic every single time. But just so you know, the audio is going to be a little different than what you're used to if you're a regular listener of this show. So apologies there. But today I, um, I spoke with Jamie Lee, who is absolutely incredible. She is an executive coach who helps smart women who love their jobs but hate office politics get promoted and better paid. And she says, without throwing anyone under the bus, which I love. Jamie and I met through networking years ago, and she was one of the first people I thought of um, to interview on this show. And I'm so happy it's finally happened because this conversation... Because this conversation, I can't talk today apparently, is really gorgeous. Um, Jamie is such a fascinating person to me because she's been through her own journey of advocating for herself and using her voice. And she really flipped that to um, do that for other women. And, And I really 
love hearing about her evolution of her business, her clients, but also herself in this journey. So we talk all about that. Uh, We talk all about asking for a promotion, asking for more and identifying what you actually want. What do you want? How much do you want to make? How, what do you see for yourself in your career journey? What do you want? And how can you ask for that? So enjoy this episode with Jamie Lee. If you want to be in touch with her, I highly recommend doing that. All of her information is in the show notes. And if you aren't following us on Instagram, please do so. By the time you listen to this, it might be at Amplify Her Media, but if it's if it's not yet and it's, you know, Tuesday, October 5th, <laughs> which is when this is coming out, feel free to follow along at Growing Woman Pod. Um, I know that's a little confusing, but listen, we're in an evolution here, so it's totally fine. So enjoy this beautiful episode with Jamie. I am so grateful for you all. And yeah, let's dive in. Jamie, welcome to Growing Woman. I am so thrilled to have you on the show and so thrilled to be reconnected with you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, So I asked you to come on this show because I am kind of obsessed with the work that you do. And we met through networking quite a few years ago. And I have this vivid memory of you standing up and asking all of the women if they were getting paid enough and like talking about um, the pay gap and me just being like, yes, oh my gosh. And I just vividly remember being so entranced with what you were doing. Um, And I know that you've had a journey to get where you are now in your career and, and helping women, but I was just so excited to number one, see you again, and then talk to you about your work, because I think it's just so critical, especially um, with the changes that women are seeing in the workplace, um, you know, especially over the last year and a half. So welcome. I'm so thrilled you're here. Um, And I would just to dive right in, how did you get started in this work? Like, how did you come to, um, you know, coaching women on on their pay? I hope smart women who hate office politics get promoted and better paid without throwing anyone under the bus. Mm. So uh, yes, pay is part of it, but I really help people get promoted. And as a part of that, they get raises. Yeah. Yeah. And how I got started, I feel like I've had a lifelong training. I'm an immigrant. I came here in 1989. I'm seven years old, so you can do the math. <laughs> I'm 39 right now, going on 40. So, Amazing. Um, goodness, so that was 33, 32 years ago, I came here with my two other sisters and my mom. Long story short, my mom ended up becoming a single parent who, even to this day, speaks broken English. But she ended up raising all three of us daughters by herself. Mm. And all throughout this time that she was, you know, keeping a roof over four immigrant women in New Jersey, she's telling me, Jamie, you got to speak up. You got to ask for what you want, right? Yeah. You got to use your voice. And growing up, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to be liked. I don't want to make waves. Right. I don't want to be called a B-I-T-C-H, right? 
Mm-hmm. Then I got into the working world and then found out through my experience that she was 100% right. I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I didn't know how to communicate effectively and ask for what I wanted. I didn't know how to ask for a raise. I didn't know how to ask for a promotion. And I was working as a hedge fund analyst right three weeks before the financial crisis. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My timing is impeccable. And I found out, uh, I guess it was about 2009 that I was making 50% of the going market range. Wow. Yeah, I was making 50 in a 100K job. And I was like, okay, I missed something here. And that was the that was the moment I realized, okay, my mom was absolutely right. <laughs> you gotta ask, you gotta speak up, right? And also this is a skill I didn't learn in my stellar education. I went to Smith College, I, I got you know world-class education, but I didn't learn how to speak up and advocate for myself. That was the moment I decided I gotta do something about this for me. And then later that if other women do it too. Because if I do this, my mother telling me all throughout my life that I have to do this, there's so many women who need this. So when you realized that your mom was right (laughs) and that you you were getting paid 50% of the rate that others were, what action did you take? You know, you realized you needed to speak up Um, and that you needed to use your voice, but what action happened after that? Because I think when you actually have to take that action, it becomes really scary. Oh, totally. Well, for me, in that specific situation, I realized it was not a fit. So I ended up leaving that firm and um, I ended up taking an unpaid internship with, um, with an angel fund that only invests in women-founded startups. I think they're still around. They're called Golden Seeds. And I realized aligning my career, my life with my purpose, you know, helping other women, because I saw the impact of that on my mom, on on my, in my own childhood, right? Like she needed to make money and raise three kids. And so for me, that was a radical well, yeah, you can call it radical because I'm like, okay, aligning with my purpose is more important than pay. But of course, that's not something that everyone can do. That's not everyone. So that's not something everyone should do. But that was just what was right for me at that time. Right. And later on, it was much later on in my journey that I realized, oh, I can learn. I can read books on negotiation. I can get coaching. I can build self-confidence. And now I can start asking for raises. I can start asking for promotions. So after I left that hedge fund, I pivoted into working uh, with, and after I worked with this uh, angel fund for women startups, I pivoted my career to working in startups and tech startups. And that's when I started to ask for the raise and the promotion I wanted. So what happened when you started asking? Because we talk a lot on this show about using your voice, about facing fear, asking for what you need. What happened within you? Because even just thinking about those situations, my chest gets kind of tight. Um, You get nervous. There's that fear. So what started happening within you 
when you did take that action to make the ask? I, I love that you're asking that because it's bringing back to my own experience. Of course I was scared. Yeah. Of course I was nervous. <laughs> of course I was anxious. It's something that so many of us are not taught how to do for ourselves. It right. goes against the grain of our socialization, of our of how we are taught to behave, to, you know, we're taught to like take care of everyone else. We're, you know, so many things. So yeah, of course I was anxious. Of course I was tempted to not ask, yeah. you know, not, not take ownership of my career, of my pay, of my promotion. And so for me, what pivoted, what changed this around for me was at that time I had started organizing meetup events where I just encouraged women to let's come together and let's just practice asking. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't have to be an expert. I didn't have to have a degree. I, I didn't have any credentials. I just had the desire to help women improve their self-advocacy skills. And from there, I'm like, well, I, I know people who organize meetup. I, I can organize this. I can just, you know, put some legwork into it. And that gave me such a boost of both confidence and also strengthened this sense of purpose that I had about like helping women improve their economic realities, helping women improve their career results, right? And from there, once I had that experience of having done these workshops, when I thought about asking for the raise that I wanted, it just became a matter of personal integrity. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like you're not showing up for yourself in the way that you've, you've worked on and everything you've built. There's this one nugget where it's like, well, I am who I am now. This is my, this is who I am as, as this strong person. How can I not show up for that person anymore? That is so beautiful. And it's also so, <laughs> I want to say like fucked up that like, we have to have, um, circles where women are are helping each other ask <laughs> and helping each other use our voices because we've been taught for so long that that is that is not a part of our identity or a part of our culture asking for more it's like it's such a beautiful space and it's also just like oh why like it's just so disheartening um that we have to create these spaces and these resources but inspiring at the same time so yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think, yes, there were so many reasons to be like, oh my gosh, this is fucked up. This is like, you have so many reasons to be angry. You know, if you look at, look at it from that lens. And I have right. been angry and resentful for many years. But what helped change this around for me and really empowered me to do this work for myself and for others is that I also took like a much bigger view of the whole situation. Let's yeah. think about this from like a thousand year perspective, right? It's only been in the last couple of years that we had an industrial revolution. It's only been in the last couple of years that like that women have been allowed to enter the workforce. And when I think about it that way, plus I'm an immigrant yeah. and I come from South Korea where it's so rather patriarchal, like women are expected to just like be wives. Right. Um, and so when I think about the lives that my mother and her mother 
and my grandmother's grandmother's mother had, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was, it's only been the last 1.5 generation. My mother was the first person, first woman in a long line of women who had the opportunity and then the audacity to work outside the home. And she did that yeah. in a foreign country, <laughs> not speaking this language here, right? And so I'm really the first person in a long line of women, a long line of four mothers. I'm the first person who is fully able to enjoy this privilege of having so much agency. Yeah. yeah. And so I think about it this way, like, yeah, sure. It is fucked up that like women aren't really taught how to do this, but also it can be a wonderful opportunity. 100%. That our foremothers never had. We're living the dream. We're living the miracle of, you know, feminist revolution. We're still in the making of it. I know it's like, when you look at it from like the last couple of decades, it's like, are we falling back? But come on, we're still in the making of it. No, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I think about my grandmother who on my father's side got married when she was 13 in India and, you know, had children and and made a home and um, did such a young age to have so much responsibility in your life and to not have your own agency. Um, When I was 13, I was listening to NSYNC and like going to middle school and, and having a childhood and to think about the way in which I was raised compared to my ancestors is, um, is so it's a stark contrast and it is a miracle. Like you were saying, it's, it's beautiful and wonderful. And I think these spaces that we are creating are so wonderful and so important and vital. And to have these conversations are, it's, it's so vital, especially because we talk about female allyship on this show constantly. And I love that you created a space for female allyship to naturally blossom. And then you took that female allyship, kind of that, that backpack of female allyship into workplace with you and you, asked in your workplace for what you deserved. So when did the transition happen um, where you started to obviously create these spaces, you started having these conversations and you took this into your own workplace. When did you start to create your own practice where you were beginning to advocate and help other women have these conversations and be that ally for them? How did that transition happen for you? Yeah, so at first it was more like a, like a weekend, nights and weekend sort of side hustle where I was going into organizations, colleges, universities, and uh, hosting workshops, facilitating workshops. And over time, like, okay, what's the next iteration of this? How do I love doing this? This really aligns with my sense of purpose. What's the next step? And I realized through experience that I can teach tactics all day. I can teach tactics and strategy. And ultimately it boils down to decide what you want, ask for it, even if they're gonna say no. (laughs) And if they say no, just get curious with them. Don't quit, right? Just get curious and ask questions and continue the conversation. That's it, that is the strategy. But ultimately the reason why so many people don't implement the simple strategy is because their self-concept how they think and talk about themselves to themselves and to others. Mm. 
Can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, um, so more? so self-concept basically is tied to how you, you generate confidence, self-confidence, right? Yeah. And um, for me, and for many smart women that I know, we are very comfortable and familiar with thinking and um, carrying ourselves as students. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women, really smart, already promoted, right? Middle managers, they love to learn. They love to get an A. They love to do it just right, right? They learn. They love to meet clear object- objectives, right? It's like, I have a syllabus. I know how to follow the syllabus. I know how to ace this. Mm-hmm. This is a student mindset, right? But when you're in the student mindset, you don't write your own syllabus. You right. don't write your own path to promotion. You don't go, oh, but this is the vision of what is possible. And I am the leader to make that vision happen. Right. Right. So that is a different self-concept. That is thinking about you as the woman in charge, as a leader of people, of projects and of teams. Yeah. Yeah. And so many women are becoming leaders of teams and projects, but their self-concept is still somehow a little bit in the student mindset rather than I am the woman, I am the person in charge. I am the authority in this. Yeah. I I am very fascinated by how this has translated into obviously your work and, and when you are speaking with Uh, your clients know about this, Um, but when you first started out, um, what did your first client look like? What what was your first um, win with someone where you could have them own that, that where they weren't necessarily the student and where they were owning that power and advocating for a promotion? Um, What was that win? Yeah, one of my earliest clients, she uh, has a background in engineering, computer science, but she was working in a healthcare field, um, like helping to implement a new health information management system. And because she had a uh, computer science background, that was what her education, that this was who she was as a student. So when she realized, oh, now my job really is about communicating and managing projects and expectations, she felt like her job was like a commodity, wasn't as important. Like her words, not mine, but this job is like toilet paper, you know? Wow. (laughs) And, And over time, you know, we worked on the mindset that she brought to herself and uh, to her workplace communication, like what is the value that she is really bringing here? What is the mm-hmm. impact of her contributions? Because it's not just like wiping butts here, right? As yeah. somebody who's managing this project, you are making things happen in a way that serves millions of patients from here and into, you know, into the lifetime of this new technological solution. Right. Right. So she also had to see her role from a bigger perspective and think about it from the perspective of what is the benefit? What is the beyond impact of the work that I am doing? And anchor her work, anchor her um, 
communication from that perspective. And so over time, she realized my work is really important. Yeah. And C-level executives, they rely on me. They rely on me for information. I, I add value. I add right. value to this work and this work is valuable. That was the perspective shift that was, uh, that was crucial for her to start thinking about her promotion and then start talking to senior executives as the leader that she is in the process of becoming. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think what you're touching on this, this perspective, you know, that yeah. word, um, the perspective of your value is yeah. so critical because I think it goes um, unnoticed very often, or there is a desire for that value to be noticed or for others to notice that value. Um, right. and but I, I want to add, when you don't recognize the value, when you think your job is a commodity, yeah, it's a throwaway commodity, why bother asking? Exactly. Why would you why would you put your hand up and say, hey, I want more. I want more responsibility. I want growth. I want a bigger salary, right? You wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to own that. You have to see it from that perspective yourself first. In other words, you have to validate your work and your contribution first before you can expect anyone else to do it for you. 100 percent I was going to say, imagine your work is very ingrained in offering that perspective and helping people find that perspective and understand their value and see that and be able to come to the table with that full understanding and that advocacy. Um, And I would imagine that is also very challenging as when, when you can see it and maybe somebody can't quite yet. So for those who may be struggling to see that value, what are some techniques or, or um, what are some habits that you can, you can offer folks to, to start seeing that value? I love this question because I have this simple, elegant hack that works, that is proven by research and not only helps to improve your self-confidence, but also will improve your negotiation or advocacy mm-hmm. outcomes. Okay. This is research done by Stony Brook University and Carnegie Mellon. And these are researchers who study gender and negotiation. And what they did was they asked women in a social study, social, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a technical term, but you know what I mean, right? Yes. In, In a study, they asked them to prepare to negotiate for the price of motorcycle engines as if they were going to negotiate on behalf of their friend. So they're not doing this negotiation for themselves. Their friend benefits from their right. negotiation efforts, right? And so when they when they asked women to do this, their outcomes were significantly better, quantitatively better and higher than if they did not get this prime. They weren't suggested to prepare on behalf of their friend. So here's how you apply this hack to yourself. So when you think about your contributions, your accomplishments. I encourage everyone who's listening to this to just grab a piece of paper and just start listing the facts. Like Mm. what are facts of things that you have done, accomplished, awards, wins, you know, percentage increase in usability or revenue increase or cost reduction or, you know, customer satisfaction rating increase or just like an overall... Um, improvement of the uh, 
credibility or reputation of your of your organization, right? These are all accomplishments that you have generated through your efforts. Make a list. And then once you've made a list, put it down and then step into the perspective of a friend. Mm. What would, if, if this were the accomplishments of your friend, what would you say about the woman who'd made this happen? Oh, this is so good. And every time I challenged my clients to do this, they were like, well, yeah, she's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Pay her millions, please. <laughs> she gets yeah. stuff done. She does hard things. This is a woman who knows how to achieve her goals. Yeah, let's get it promoted. Yeah? Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. deserves it. She's a leader. She yeah. gets it done. She's I amazing at what she does. Yes, I love this exercise because it then, I, I mean, I would love to hear from you. I imagine it then becomes much, um, much easier to then go in and advocate for yourself and to, to see your value and then to yeah. take action. Is that yeah. usually the case? <laughs> yeah. And also another thing that I want to offer is that when you think about advocating for your value, you know, the biggest fear that holds women back is that advocating for myself is selfish. Right. Right. If I, if I gain the promotion or the raise, then you see somebody is not. And so then they see it as a fixed sum, like win, lose game. And like, I don't want anyone to lose. So I might as well fall on the, fall on the sword and, you know, let me mm-hmm. be the full person. I can't have anyone else lose that. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of a um, martyrdom. Did I say that word? Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like becoming the martyr of the situation. But, but here's the truth. When you advocate for yourself, when you ask for the promotion that you want, this is an act of service. You serve, of course you serve yourself, but when you serve yourself, this is stepping into agency. Yeah. Yeah. And stepping into sovereignty, right? And when you do that, when you're, when you're able to be like, hey, I am, I'm the person who's in charge of my career uh-huh. here, and this is the vision I have. This is how I can grow into that next promotion. And this is how I can you know, bridge the gap from where I am to where I want to go. And these are my suggestions for how we make this happen. When you, when you ask for a promotion that way, you help your supervisor. Your supervisor will thank you because you help them do their jobs better. You help them make, you help make their jobs even easier. They didn't have to go out and like figure out where does she fit in or what does she want, right? You do the work for them. You made it easier for them. Clients often tell me there is supervisors, thank them for how Mm -hmm. they advocated for themselves. I, I mean, as somebody who has advocated in this way, I agree with that. And um, I think also, something that is coming through in our conversation is um, kind of this trickle-down effect as well. Like once you advocate for yourself, then other people are seeing that too. Once you're stepping into your power, other people are seeing that too. Once you're using your voice, other people are seeing that too. And other women can see that. I mean, that is really like so much from what you're saying about your history of your business and of this journey, that's really what you've done. Like you started doing the work met with other women to do the work and now you're continuing to advocate for other women to do this work and I think that trickle-down effect is so powerful 
um, because you can say, yes, I've been there. I've done, I've done this to other women who are in the same situation, trying to ask for more. So when you have successfully, you know, when, when a, when you've worked with a client who has been promoted and they have gotten that promotion and that pay raise, um, do you notice an energy shift and this like trickle down effect? Energy shift. Also, what do, do you, you have notice if they, if they have gotten this promotion and this win, do you notice a different kind of energy from them? If there has been. This okay. So win? let me pause you there. This is, this is very interesting. I, I love that you asked this question because we often think that getting promoted is what creates a shift in our energy, but actually the other way around, you create the energy shift before you get promoted. You bring that higher level of self-confidence. You elevate your executive presence. You become more decisive, right? And this is how you're able to advocate have those difficult career conversations with your supervisor or your mentors and say, hey, I want that promotion. How can we make this happen, right? This is, you generate the energy shift in the process of you getting promoted. And by the time you've gotten promoted, you've practiced it so often that this is just who you are. Yeah. So the energy shift comes first before the promotion. And this might sound really odd, but for, I mean, my clients do get promoted. They do get raises, right? And what often happens is like, initially there's like this spark of dopamine. It's like, yeah, I got promoted. I got a raise, right? But, but all of the ways that they have been thinking about themselves, all of the, you know, thought, I like to call them thought errors that leak your self-confidence. If they haven't been nipped in the bud before you got promoted, they come back. Yeah. I mean, you're so right because even when I'm saying certain things and, you know, even when I've had uh, harder conversations with folks, if I'm not doing the inner work, I do a lot of inner child work. And if little Christina isn't healed, if she's not, um, if adult Christina isn't present and in the room, it's very easy to go back to little Christina. It's very easy to have that fear and, um, not feel like I'm uh, smart enough or safe enough or worthy enough. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're um, touching on such a beautiful um, point about also mental health, like, and having, yeah, and and just having your mental health um, cared for in this process as well. Uh, Because I think what I've seen um, through, out my career and um, in being around other women and having female allies in my life is you, I tend to admire women who are very strong and well-spoken and capable and tend to sometimes think I am not in that arena, mm-hmm. but I know that is the work that I'm doing myself. Um, and so I love that you are clarifying that that need that work does actually need to happen before you ask. It's not going to suddenly make everything um, all better now that you've received that promotion because you have to actually do the job now. You have to be that yeah. person and, yeah. and go forward and, and be that 
beautiful human that you find found value in and that you're advocating for. And, and um, when you get promoted, you take little Christina by the hand and you take her with you without making little Christina wrong, right? right? Even if little Christina feels like insecure or scared about, oh, what are those big executives going to say? Or what are people going to think? And it's like, okay, we got you. We got you. Yeah. It's just that the reason I make uh, emphasis around that is because for so many of us, we think that if we have insecure thoughts at, you know, the next ladder point or the next juncture, the next promotion, like someone, oh my God, there must be something wrong with me. And oh goodness, like this is that, right? So it's like how you think about what comes up in your mind can also create your mental experience, your emotional experience, right? And yeah. so I think it's so important to be just always be directing self-compassion, right? Because yeah, we're, we're going to always have these, like I call them wayward children inside. Yeah. yeah. They're always going to come with us, but instead of making them wrong or judging them for, for being triggered or wanting to be acknowledged, you could just be like, okay, we hear you. you may right. or may not be right. Yeah. Another <laughs> And I think that's absolutely gorgeous. And it makes me think of um, another area of of confrontation in my mind where when it comes to this subject matter, um, which is being a good girl um, or Mm. being nice and having the thought of um, uh, being too aggressive when you're asking for something or like you were touching on before, um, asking for what you want is selfish. I think there, I personally have had all of those narratives float through my brain um, when I've advocated for myself or stepped into a role of being a leader. Um, Sometimes you're not always going to follow um, the the rule book on what it means to be a good girl or be nice. And and, um, not that there even is a rule book, but you know what I mean. I think yeah, no, that, no, they, I mean, there's like this unwritten rule book that right. we've all been taught as very young people, as very little people, we're taught, hey, be nice to Susie, don't make Johnny feel bad, right? As if we're mm-hmm. responsible for other people's feelings. And then that's yeah. when we, we start getting confused. We're like, oh, wait, am I not supposed to do things or make decisions or, you know, say no to things? Otherwise, they'll be upset and that's my fault and this is one of the biggest things that I coach people on is that as professionals as managers as leaders we are not responsible for how people feel yes we we have the power to influence how people feel 100 percent but we no one is able to go inside your brain or my brain and make us feel a certain emotion Right. It's always our own responsibility. Like our own feeling is always our responsibility and their feeling is their responsibility. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, um, I think this is so beautiful because it's a lesson um, that we all need to learn in our lives. Um, yeah. And when it happens in the workplace, it can be a bit overwhelming. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in any situation be overwhelming, but especially when you're dealing with your livelihood and your pay. Mm -hmm. I wanted to really talk to you about when people are not promoted, um, Mm -hmm. when they do ask and they're 
that promotion does not happen and that pay increase does not happen. You said at the top of the show, um, don't necessarily quit. Um, so what, ha what have you, in your experience, what have you seen when people have not been promoted and what next steps have you generally recommended um, when there hasn't been a promotion happen after asking? So my clients who uh, generate the courage and the self-confidence to advocate for themselves as a way of, you know, as an act of service, right? When they do it this way, they generate so much courage and momentum in terms of their energy. They go out and they find another job that pays yeah. them way better. I have yeah. one client who was working at a life sciences company and she had been in this role and she hadn't really spoken up she was in that student mindset of just like keeping our head down doing good work not getting promoted not getting acknowledged just feeling frustrated resentful and you know through coaching she's like okay I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask for a bigger responsibility I'm gonna ask for growth and it was so nerve-wracking it was so scary but she did it anyways and after she did it she's like I I have so much momentum going on right now I'm gonna go and apply for my dream job Wow. And so that's what she did. She's like, hey, if I did the most scary thing, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can go apply for my dream job. And she yeah. ended up securing her dream job for $50,000 more than what she was making before. Oh my God. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, it really shows what happens when you um, shift of that energy, when you do the work, when you, and then when you take the action, how much your brain chemistry changes, how much you change yeah. and how that follows through. I would love to know how that has been for you in your, uh, in your business and, and seeing these wins. How have you changed? How have I, I've, yeah, I've become a completely different person for sure. <laughs> Where do I even begin? Like, I feel like my work really challenges me. I mean, remember the first that I ever did was like oh I have to walk the talk I give I have to be in integrity yeah right? and so that has been my mo ever since and um I've I've been coaching people coaching women one-on-one since uh 2016 and yeah every year I I challenge myself to new heights in like in terms of how I serve my clients yeah and um, yeah, how can I answer your question specifically? Like, what are you curious about specifically? I'm curious how, if you, in your business, have you gained yeah. more confidence in putting yourself out there? And have you, yeah. um, you know, you're working on coaching others to do the work. So yeah. have, you, have you done new work for yourself and your business and, and become I would say more vulnerable in different ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred mm -hmm. percent. So yeah. um, I think in the beginning I was, I was more like, wow, this is a tough question to answer. Fine. <laughs> when, I... when, when, yeah. When I think about just like a couple of years ago, I think I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to, I have to do it a certain way. And if clients are not happy, oh my gosh, and I'm a failure. Oh my goodness. I have to do it just right. Like I was, I was also in that perfectionist trap, but not making a lot of progress. But now yeah. um, I definitely worked on my self-concept. It's something that I work on every single day. And 
I just want to say it does not mean that everything becomes rainbows and daisies overnight. Oh, yeah. This, this does not mean that like you feel good and certain and comfortable 100%. In, in fact, what, what I have experienced is that through my own personal growth, I just become more open to the full range of human emotions. 100%. Like the, right? Full range of like little Jamie freaking out and and um, like a more mature, compassionate Jamie being able to like direct love towards her, right? Because yeah. as you grow, you have more failures, right? Yes. My business has been successful, has been growing like almost 2X every year, but that also means I've had 4X the amount of rejection and no's and failures. Oh, thank you for saying that. I think that's so important for people to know that yeah, yeah you're growing but that means you've had exponential uh, failure as well yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really great and i th- what you were saying about living in integrity and you have to do the work that doesn't mean the work like you were saying is sunshine and rainbows it actually means the work is really hard and it means that you're going to have that human range of emotion like you were saying and that you are going to have those real human moments of not knowing what to do or not knowing the answers mm-hmm. or learning something new Um, And I thank you for sharing that. And I think it's really important for people to hear that when someone is guiding them, they're also learning and they're also figuring things out. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say number one thing that I've changed is like, I just learned to trust myself more, even through the failures, even through the disappointments, right? Even through like all of that, I mean, really, we're talking about resilience, right? And you, when you become more resilient, you're also, hey, I can rely on myself. I can trust myself to see this through. I can trust myself to come up with the next steps and then trust the one next step that I'm going to take is just going to take, take me to the next step. And you just take that one step at a time, at a time, at a time, and then your business grows. Your clients have amazing results. Right. I mean, just all of those small steps add up to something huge, no matter where you are and what you're doing and how you're tackling anything. So I think it's great for people to hear that and and for folks to learn that from someone who is taking all of those small steps regularly. I, I wanted to touch on how have you determined, you know, when you're working with your clients, how do you determine how much they should be asking for or what they should be asking for. I know we talked about really going through like the value proposition of, you know, the exercise with the friend, but when we're talking about actual funds and, you know, a $50,000 raise, you're getting a new job. How are you determining that money with a client? So it's really a function of just two things, but mainly one thing. Okay. (laughs) So of course, I always do recommend my clients to just Google it, just go find out, okay, what is a role or somebody with this, a title like mine in an industry like mine in a geographic area like mine, like what's the average salary? What's the going rate, right? And and if you have a very unique role, you can, um, my mentors, Lisa Gates and Victoria Pinchon of She Negotiates, they taught me this. You can like just break your job down into very specific job functions and then you could you could do like a composite 
somebody who's a project manager makes 150k somebody who's a software engineer makes 200k like and then you're like okay an average that'd be like 175k right you could you can also do that kind of composite math but at the end of the day what really really matters is what you want mm -hmm. so the question i ask like of course do your homework do your research make sure it's kind of grounded in reality but at the end of the day what would be amazing for you because so often we want to like downplay the amount because there's the fear of getting a no so yeah. we're like what's going to be the safe number that won't trigger a no but you know at the end of the day when you think about it there are people doing the same role as you are who are making hundred thousand dollars more like i found out 10 years ago I was a hedge fund analyst and there were people making $50,000 more doing the same job, right? Nuts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's possible, you know, whether you are a program manager, you know, uh, operations director, like there are people making tens of, or hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what you're making for the same role. Yeah, so yeah. I really, want, I really want to encourage women to think about what if like really my income potential whatever your role, your current role is, you do want to have a sense of what is the general going range, right? You could Google it. There's so many websites that you can utilize. You could also, I do recommend that you talk to actual people and also talk to men about, you know, what, what do you notice is the going market range? Like, what do you think is a reasonable pay range for this? Because I think it's really healthy to, um, to modulate your salary expectations from both women and men. But ultimately it boils down to what do you want? What would be amazing for you? Because any role that you have, there are people who have same role as you do, making tens, maybe even $100,000 more than what you're making for the same role. Yeah? So yeah. ultimately your income is only limited by what you perceive to be possible, to be a limit of possibility. Because when you are confident in yourself and you know how to advocate and you know that you could do your job, you can take yourself and go anywhere else if your income is limited by your current employer. Right. So I always ask my clients, every time we do like a consultation or every time we think about like, what do we want in the future? What would be amazing? What would blow my mind? Like I have this one client, she's making 75K as a marketing manager, but I asked her, why not 120? She's thinking, well, 100 would be amazing, but like, yeah, but you're already doing the work of a director. You're already right. recognized. You're awarded. Yeah. I mean, what if it's kind of ridiculous that you're making 75K? What if, you know, 120, 130 is really on par with the level of your contribution? Yes. And I think the fact that you're talking about numbers openly yeah. and encouraging people to talk about numbers openly is so powerful because ultimately what you are saying is there's enough space for you. Absolutely. There's enough space for you and for everyone else. And yeah. you can take up that space because there is room for you. hundred percent. Yeah. And as we're coming to the end of our time together, I first want to thank you so much for being so open and, um, for offering so much value to my listeners. And I, um, 
also want to thank you for creating this space for, for women and having these conversations because I think they're just so critical and important for people who are not used to asking and um, who might want to flex that muscle, what do you recommend some, some first steps on getting started? Come to my website, jamieleecoach.com, J-A-M-I-E-L-E-E-C-O-A-C-H.com. I have a free script that you can download. It's called How to Ask for a Big Pay Raise. And I give you word by word how you can raise for the the value you bring and how to respond to pushback. I give you like strategies that the FBI has proven to work, right? Amazing. So you can get that for free. And, um, and really you could also start practicing, just like think about, okay, what would be amazing? Here's homework that I assigned to that client, marketing manager, you, you just practice saying out loud. I like to be director making 130K. So replace that with whatever, like, I'd like to be senior director of programming at 150K or 200K, whatever is that, like, that would be amazing for you. Just practice saying it out loud in the mirror to yourself so that you can believe it before you can have anyone else believe it with you. Yes. Oh, Jamie, thank you so much for all of this and for your time today. Um, and you heard her go to her website and connect with Jamie. We'll have all of her information in the show notes as well. Just thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Me and too. And I know you're doing really amazing, important work in the world. Oh, you too. Thank you so, so much. That means the world. And we will see you on the next episode of Growing Woman. Remember your voice matters and your story matters. Cannot wait for the next one. Thank you so much, Jamie. Have a good one, guys. Growing Women podcast is an Amplify Her Media production. Amplify Her Media is a media company dedicated to amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Follow along for more at AmplifyHerMedia.com.